Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com. Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome back. It is now the time of the show where we search the planet, the universe, and Walmart today for the buy of the week. Thank you, Wade. Uh, so this is kind of fun. Uh, uh, many of us will remember the Commodore 64 computer when it came out in, I think it was 1992, uh, 1982, rather. Uh, and it was one of the first really cool keyboard computers. It also played video games. Uh, you know, it had another, the best number. monitor in the world. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a really nice, and I don't remember, do you have any recollection of what that actually sold for? Nope. Because I didn't buy it. It was a gift, so I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, they have on sale the Retro Game LTD. It's, they call it the THEC64 Mini Computer. comes in gray, uh, and it, it's, I'll give you the price in a little bit, but it comes with the following. 64K of RAM. Uh, it uh, is, wait, is that right? No, that's got to be more than 64K. I think that was the original 64K in RAM. Uh, it comes with 64 built-in games, uh, California games, Paranoid, Impossible Mission, 64 Classic Confusion, a bunch of old retro games. Uh, it's a high-definition output, uh, 720p versus an HDMI plug. Uh, it actually has a save and resume game function. It has two USB ports, so you can plug in a USB keyboard uh, and use it actually as a functional keyboard with C64 Basic, or you can add a second joystick for two-player games. Uh, it also supports software updates via USB drive. And, it, you know, it really, if you love those games, you know, sometimes you go back, and, you know, and we've talked about this before, you go back and go, oh, those really aren't as you know, wonderful as I remember them to be because of all the graphics and things today. So but you this use is it kind with a TV, right? You yeah, you just plug in. Yeah, right. You, there's, okay. yeah, there's no uh, there's no monitor. You plug it into your TV through an a HDMI cable, and you can play 64 of the original uh, uh, Commodore games, mini computer, comes in gray, and it is available at Walmart uh, with free shipping for $39.99, and uh, other places on the Internet is much higher. You can get it on... Uh, as high as fifty to eighty dollars at uh, other places. So this is a really good site and a really good place to get it. So again, that's a great deal. Thirty nine ninety nine for yeah. a Commodore sixty four retro machine. Hey guys, can you share that link on Twitter? Because yeah, I, will I do bet that. Uh, I have a feeling Uncle Bill. He's called Would Uncle like Bill him. for a reason. He has some young people in his life. I bet you he might like that. I will be hey, happy. Hey to guys, share that. yeah, wait. Yeah. Um, in a former life, I sold Commodores. Yeah. Um, circa, what would it have been, 92, 93? And it wasn't uncommon for a computer, monitor, and printer bundle to be in the two to $3,000 range. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right, right. Wow. And then just a quick shout out to the Amiga, what the Apple II yeah. was to the Mac. Oh, the, right. The Commodore 64 was to the Amiga. And yeah. those were amazing computers designed but for video back in those days. But remember that monitor on the Commodore 64? Yeah. I saved that for years and used it as a TV. Yeah, see, the unique thing was um, the Commodores and the Amigas were set to video 
at normal television video frequencies, not computer monitor frequencies. And that's what made them beautiful for the video industry that I was involved in. But that's also why, like you said, you could do double duty or you could simply uniquely at the time plug your computer right into your TV. Yeah, yeah, they they were yeah. some fun things, I have to say. I still have in my garage somewhere, I believe, my original Atari 400 computer, which looked like an old IBM Selectic typewriter, and it was a you know it was a pretty good sized thing, and it took the gaming cartridges, and you somehow and I have uh, the mini uh, a Nintendo, but the yeah. best uh, treasure when I retire is I've got three K Pro two CPM computers in my garage, mm-hmm. and, and I when you powered retire, one what? up. Well, I, I can play with it and play with the programs oh, okay. and, you know, okay. but I really yeah. don't have time now, but I have three just in case I needed parts. Smart, yeah, right? Exactly. Always thinking. Always thinking. All right. And I just posted that link on Twitter. So if you're looking for uh, some fun with uh, really inexpensive, uh, go take a look at that because that's pretty Hashtag cool. tech radio, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, oh, wait, I did not do that. I will go back and do that. Um, also, did Marsha, you want to talk about Moondust or you want to save that for another show? Well, just real quick. I think that it's interesting that the astronauts, through six different Apollo missions, brought back 842 pounds of rocks and soil from the moon. They smartly saved some for a day when the technology was better like today, and they've got some that they will be giving out to scientists a small amount for study. And I, just a short thing, I think that's very cool. The one Apollo 17 sample in 1972 is 1.8 pounds of vacuum-sealed lunar core that contains a stratified layer of rock and will be studied by six of nine chosen research teams. I mean, they've been storing these. Here's one since 1971, been stored in helium. I think it's fascinating. I think it was very smart of them to save some of it to be tested you know, when we actually had the technology. Yeah, that's pretty cool, I have to say. That's definitely pretty cool. Uh, okay, so okay. this is the, this next story. You know, I've I've thought about this for a long time, and it, it happens all the time when someone has passed away, and then you go on Facebook and you get a hey, it's their birthday, you know, go up and wish them a happy birthday. And there's you know there hasn't been effective ways in the past of what do you do with your digital profile after you've passed away. Uh, do you want it up there? Do you want people to keep doing that? You know, because it, it can certainly be, frankly, a painful reminder of someone, or it can be a joyous reminder of, oh, you know what, I do want to go back and, and see that. So there are a number of things that you can do to preserve your digital life, and additionally, to help those family members who need your passwords and need your sites and need the things that they need to get into. Uh, I, do you, for example, Marsha, do you and Kurt share your, your passwords, your sites, your, your whatever? Well, what, yeah, because he, can, he has full access to everything I have. But right. um, in Facebook, there's a way that you can name somebody as kind right. of the executor of your account. And I've named my husband my daughter. So that should something happen, they can just go right in and with proof of death, take over the account. And I have been very happy when people have taken over the accounts and you can actually see, you know, what's going on and and people can put their tributes. And I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And, you know, and it's fun to do that with your social media. It's really important, however, uh, speaking of someone, you know, as myself being in the financial business, you, you often get to people who come to you and say, I don't know how to get into the bank accounts. I don't know the account numbers. I don't know the passwords. So a number of password managers help you with this. And I use uh, uh, Dashlane, and I've also used Keeper, and they both do the, you know, the same things. Uh, you can create what they call an emergency kit which when you sign up, you can include all the information someone would need to log into your account. You, they can print it out. You can print it out or you can download it to a USB drive, place it somewhere, and uh, let them know that the access is there. You mean they, store... they can't just walk up to your computer, uh, turn it on, and look at the little Post-it notepad you keep in your desk yeah. drawer? <laughs> that, says, that says password 12345? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, basically you just print it out. Uh, you can store uh, passwords for your financial accounts, uh, you know, your bank account numbers, your credit card numbers. Uh, but they give you the ability to, for example, if you use Keeper, you can open your vault on their site, and then you go into Account, Manage Account Emergency Access. You can add five email addresses as emergency contacts, and then they set up a seven-day waiting period. So if you don't use your account in that time, <coughs> whoa, excuse me. Your contacts are, uh, I'm still trying to get over a cold here, your, your contacts will be notified. You can do that in Dashlane as well. And it gives you the ability to get, have those loved ones not have to search, as Marsha said, through your desk drawer and through everything else to try to get into your accounts. And as you mentioned, uh, Marsha, Facebook has what they call their legacy contact. And the legacy contact will show a banner on your profile that says you're deceased. Uh, it will remove your account from public search results, turn off birthday reminders. Uh, friends can still post on the site uh, if your privacy settings allow it to do that. But, I, you know, I do think it's kind of important to do these kind of things. You can set up a Google inactivity account manager that allows you to turn control of your account to a designated person after some set period of time. And uh, I, I think it's a really good idea, especially also if you use two-factor authentication, that people know that as well, because if you have a two-factor, they may not know yeah. what your codes yeah. are. You know, yeah. so you want to add that. You could add somebody into Touch ID, for example, if you really wanted to get somebody on. If you use a device like I do, an iPad, and I ooh, wanted somebody ooh, to Oh, I got access. a great idea. I got a yeah. great idea. How about you take some candle wax? And yeah. you know how when you were a kid and you used to play with candle wax where yeah. it wasn't make too a fingerprint? hot? You put, make a fingerprint and put it in your disk mm -hmm. drawer. <laughs> I wonder if that would actually work, because you see it on TV all the time. Right. You know, they, I'm going to uh, try this. I am definitely yeah. going to try <laughs> Yeah. The other way of doing it is chopping off the hand of your beloved and holding the yeah, hand up no. to your, their device. Yeah, no? No? No. Yeah. no? Preferably when they're gone, not when they're still alive. What right. do you mean you won't right. let me have access? Whack! You know, right. so... Uh, yeah, so uh, make sure that you do that, because it is really an important thing to do for your family. So, um, yeah. That's Have a you great done any idea. of those? Because really I actually is. haven't. It's good advice. Yeah. I oh, I've done it. I set up my uh, Facebook legacy contact, and all my passwords are open to my family. Good. They know the password to get into it. So every time I change my major password, I make a family announcement. <laughs> and as you know, it's available to everyone in the general public as well through yeah. hacking. Yeah. There you so, go. There uh, you go. Okay. Windows Home 10. What? Okay. So. And this is, just so you know, Mark is on vacation next week, 
And yes, I'm having Ed Bott from ZDNet, who is the yeah, ultimate cool. Windows expert in, on the planet, come because there's been a lot of noise about Windows updates and how they break certain things. And Microsoft hasn't been exactly smart about how, how they send them out. And it was that Windows 10 Pro people could defer updates. Mm-hmm. You know, just say, hey, you know, like we used to say that, I'm not updating my computer until everybody right. else does. Personally, I have Windows 10 Home on all my computers. Yeah, and I I what I do too. is I just alternate computers. So, there's, in other words, there's not daily use on either any one of them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't get my updates as fast, and that's my own little trick. But there will be an adjustment with version 1903 that you will be able to adjust your updates and, you know, don't do it for 35 days or don't do it till I tell you. And we'll talk about more of that next week during the show. But it's important. I I don't never liked doing updates the minute they came out. No, it's it's a and you know and I think I've talked about this on the year before. I would um, I took part in the beta testing program for Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, not for Facebook for Apple to do uh, betas of their new iOSs. And as I started to do it, I, you know, I would read the articles about the new update. And many times they were worse than you had before you did the update. Sometimes they'd brick the phone. Sometimes you couldn't get on the Internet. So I turned off the beta. I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. And now I don't do automatic updates because I want to read about the update before I do it. And it's the same thing here with Windows. Sometimes they're so terrible that it can really brick your computer. And you've got to be very careful about using just indiscriminately using them. Uh, for the most part, I think it's a good idea to update your computer. Just but make the sure one that thing that I absolutely think everybody should always update is if you get a notification that one of your drivers needs updating. Because yes. that can just cause all kinds of problems. Just yeah, update absolutely. your drivers because generally they don't, uh, they don't make a mistake when, when they need that. Yeah, exactly. Now, of course, uh, Marsha, on this next story, you and I are too young to remember VHS tapes, so I'm not really sure what they're talking about here. But apparently, if I had, well, I'm not. I'm not. So there you go. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, Uh, maybe I have have three or four hundred here. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, You know, it's time. Seriously, think about this. We will not be able to access these videotapes for the next generation. Right. So we had somebody who was calling into our show who was tweeting with us for a lot of months that had a service. There are quite a few services, but there's always, I don't want to send my videotapes them, and I don't want the whole tape, right? right. So you have to and watch And they're outrageously them. expensive in the, if often to do that, especially yes, if you have they, a lot they of can them. Be. Yeah. Right. And I have a ton of them. And maybe, you know, there's a movie on it. And then at the end, I have, you know, grandma's birthday or something like right. that. Yeah, it's right. Like exactly. Crazy. Right. So basically, go to eBay. <laughs> go get a tape player if you don't have one. You probably still do have one. Yeah, um, I, I was adamant in not letting Kurt uh, get rid of every last one of them. Right. And then you just go to a- Amazon to get a video capture device, and these are under $100, uh, the Roxio Easy VHS to DVD. I have this, $40 on Amazon, and you just hook it up, and you can view the video 
Decide what you want to save and just put it on. It comes yeah. with the software. And if you don't, if you don't do it, you know, you're not going to ever see these videos again. And instructions come with the devices. So, for example, the Roxio Easy VHS to DVD, which I have, sends captured video straight to the DVD desk. So you have to preview the video first. Click record on the opening splash screen. Cue up the VHS on the video player and click start recording. When you're done, click stop recording. That's It's that easy. And I yep. just think it's really, really important to archive this. You cared enough to make the videos in the first place. You should move it up on your priority list. That it's time to get, digitize all this stuff. Yeah, I have. Of in course, my house, and right. then and then there'll be a big uh, EMP and just blow them all out. And it's well, all yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I bought a number of years ago a um and i don't know what brand it was something to go they called it or something and you popped in your cassette and it has a dvd drive and you were able to pop in your cassette tape or well in this case a vhs tape and transfer your vhs directly to dvd right. and i did that with a number of my uh, videos my old videos and such good for and you, you don't want to lose those things they're they're very important you know if, to, for know. generations to come I know, I'm, and I'm leaving enough crap for my daughter to do if I croak, so I should probably do that. <laughs> I actually, I have to say, I actually found the other day a, boy, this this will take you back for those of you who even know what a 78 uh, record was back in yeah. the old days. A vinyl, the vinyl has come back. Vinyl's made a big comeback in the last couple of years. But I actually found a recording from my grandfather that he had recorded back probably in the 50s, and I played it on a, I have a, uh, a turntable, and I played it, and I heard my grandfather's voice, you know, from... Well, you know, from... you're so lucky, because I had one like that, and when I pulled it out of the sleeve, the vinyl had bubbled up. It was made in one of those, remember they used to have, like, it, it was like a phone booth where you could go in and record right. stuff. Yeah, right. it, that it had been done in one of those in New York. And and the vinyl had just bubbled up, and I couldn't listen to it. Broke yeah, my heart. It, it is. It's very difficult. Those are those are very precious memories, and it's and they're you know as Marsha said, they're not that expensive to do this. You should definitely do this. Um, so, do you ever clean your computer? You ever do a uh, all you know, the time what they call spring cleaning for computers? All the this time. This is something that you your phones, your computers, your pads. You want to do that stuff, and uh, you definitely want to be careful how you do it. You know, you want to make sure that, for example, if you're using a tablet or a phone, they have fingerprint resistant coating on that that could actually come come off. So basically, the best thing to do is to just take some distilled water, uh, a textured microfiber cloth, and wipe it down. Uh, you can use. I just swaps. spit on mine and use the microphone. Well, that works as well. Yeah, that's good. Makes the screen it's a little sanitary. Lucky, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. And then you drop it in the toilet, right? Um, which reminds me, just to get off the story for a second, I have mm-hmm. to tell you this quick story. So I went to Bed Bath and Beyond yesterday because the toilet paper holder in our house, which is very old, just kind of fell apart and and you know, and I had to replace it. And I went into Bed Bath and Beyond and I saw a standing toilet paper holder. You know instead of being hooked up to the side of the wall. And it holds a toilet paper, and then it holds an extra roll of toilet paper. But at the very top is a circular thing for your cell phone. So that while you're sitting on know. the toilet, and mm-hmm. come on, we all do it. 
we all take our cell phones into the bathroom. Yeah, with no, us no. But what I'm saying is, if you have a tile or a marble or a granite floor in right. your bathroom, right? If that falls, you're toast. Well, so. no, but this is a stand for it. You put your phone right on the stand so that when you get up after doing your business, you don't earthquake. have to touch the phone. Earthquake knocks it earthquake. out. Earthquake? Well, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's going to happen somewhere. I'm not it was trusting about, anything. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was 49 bucks, and I was, wow, Holy this God. is really cool. So toilet paper has come into the uh, 2000s with that thing. Anyway, back <laughs> to cleaning your device. Um, so you can, so that's the way you should clean your, your cell phones. And, you know, you can also use, um, uh, like, a little uh, ear. What would uh, what do we call those things? Ear for your ears. <laughs> no, the little the little things you stick in your ear to clean your ear. The I just suddenly Q-tip. went. Q-tips. Q-tip. Thank you. Wow, I just went blank on Q-tips. You can use those to kind of wipe wipe around the edges of things, or you can use you know the self cleaning towelettes, which come in the packages when you replace your put on a different screen uh, to clean your uh, laptop. Do you have a compressed air duster? Do you use uh, those? Kurt, Kurt loves those things. He, he's yeah, they're fun. Blowing, blowing air all over the. I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to screw something up. I just use either a damp microfiber cleaning cloth or right. screen cleaner. And honestly, that's all I ever use. And, and I take my keyboard okay and turn it upside down and shake it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, the same thing goes with your desktop and your laptops. You know, you want to use some kind of uh, Echo Clean, a natural screen cleaner. Uh, you can just clean it, with, again, using microfiber cloth. See, we've said that now three times, so do that. Um, you could even use water or eyeglass cleaner and apply it to the cla- cloth rather than to the screen itself. And those things will work well for you. Same thing goes with a flat screen TV. Just wipe it down. Yeah, you uh, know, don't use every a glass time cleaner. I clean, every time I clean a flat screen TV, I use the very special, expensive spritz that you spritz on the microfiber and you clean right, the TV. Right. Right. It's always friggin' streaky. I, yeah. I have never found one. If you find a brand that you're happy with, because I've, yeah, we had people on the show. We had samples. We tried. I've tried all different things. It's always, but luckily, you know, when you turn the TV on, you can't see the streaks. So there's well, that. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some good but stuff out there. But it's always streaky. It yeah, is. Always streaky. Uh, when you said this was supposed to be cleaning, yeah. I kind of thought it was about cleaning your files on your phone. Oh, well, that's very tablet. important to do. Uh, although and I will say... Well, most computers these days do self-cleaning for you. You know, we don't really defrag our hard drives anymore. That's kind of done automatically now. But do you still do that? Well, on the Android phones that I have, there's uh, – I'm looking for it right now because I always have to – phone manager. Tapping on phone manager optimizes the drive. Right now I'm at 96. I tap the word optimize for apps close, freed 224 megabytes of memory. And it's still going through, and it will clean the cache files. It'll it'll save a whole bunch of memory, and it'll tell you what you need to do to bring it to 100%. So I well, think that's, that's a cool. great thing. And it is on Android phones. I would assume that it's on it, 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 that same phone manager. And on a tablet, it's called uh, uh, Tablet Manager. And okay. I do it at least once a month. Shutting it down and turning it back on also works <laughs> yep. to close down files. But now the different operating systems, have you noticed when you turn it off, whatever windows you had open 
open up again on the phone right when you turn it back on so yeah using one of those things if it's built into the phone i think is a great idea all right. Let's uh, just do. We don't have a lot of time here, but let's do some quickie entertainment stuff. I I have to tell you, I finally got around, and I really wasn't motivated to see it. I don't know why, and I finally got around to seeing Green Book. Have you seen that yet? I want to see. Like that's on my list because that's it's really on, looks like something I'd like. It's streaming on Dish Network on pay per view Dish now, and oh, let me tell you, it is one of the best films I've seen in a very long time. Really. And well deserving well, of best winning the picture. best picture. <laughs> so well, there you well go. yes, it did. Uh, well deserving of winning best picture, and uh, uh, they were just the actors in this. And uh, uh, Hirsch, is it? I'm trying to remember the uh, uh, the main actor's name, who I believe won the Academy Award for best actor. Uh, and I'm looking it up as we speak. Uh, it was just a well done look back to a um, a black piano player back in the 60s during the times of uh, oh, well. segregation it's, and it it's was a great phenomenal. movie and phenomenal. i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah, and i want to thank everybody for listening today and join me next week with ed bot we're going to answer your windows questions so if you have you any go. tweet me do not tech drink radio. and drive we want you back with us you are listening to computer and technology radio on ws radio we are the worldwide leader in internet talk have a great bye see you next week You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business Radio. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. It's for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. It'll help you to work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, go to scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. 
Kenja Dixon was crowned the number one sales executive through hard work, deep thinking, and the revelation of Universal Talk Laws. He now wants to share these lessons with you. Universal Talk Laws are what you need to know and use in business and at home to have successful and effective conversations. Kenja Dixon shares his wisdom, action plans, and wealth. Each book comes with a chance to win $10,000. Find Universal Talk Laws at KenjaDixon.com. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. <laughs> 